Hey guys, welcome to the Super Psych Podcast, the podcast for psychoanalyzing superheroes and more. I'm Heather Ness, and today I'll be discussing Gwenpool. Gwenpool first appears in Howard the Duck, number one, when the wizard opens up an interdimensional portal that has access to any possibility of any universe. Gwen is actually from the real world, or depending on how you want to define real, um, she's from our world, where comic book characters are just that, they're characters. After a story arc in Howard the Duck's line uh, that features Black Cat, it's pretty cool, Gwen gets her own series in 2016, so fairly recent. Knowing that she's a comic book character and knowing how these stories work, Gwen gets herself a costume and sort of a code name and fancies herself a hero rather than than rather than like an, an expendable side character since she has the the code name and the costume now i i hesitate saying code name because her her real name is gwen pool pool with an e like like a last name and she just kind of combines that like a deadpool uh ripoff to gwenpool so it's her name but just slightly different So she's an avid comic book reader in her own world. In fact, there's a lot of really cool um, panels where she's hanging out in her bedroom and she got posters all over the wall, very much like how I do, um, and different stuffed animals and stuff, or stuffed uh, comic book characters. And she's just hanging out and reading her comic books. And those are really neat. But since she's she's a reader of her own right, she knows all the storylines, all the secrets, all the identities of characters in the Marvel Universe. And since her new world is a comic book, she rationalizes that none of her uh, none of her actions really have any kind of consequences. They're not real. It's just a story on and dealing with people who aren't actually people. They're just characters. That's how she rationalizes it. And since she's a hero, she's pretty confident that she's not going to die. Um, so she does things that are, are fairly reckless, like just jumping off of a building um, and then seeing how she gets out of various situations. Um, just counting on, I guess, the writers to save her. Um, so she fancies herself a hero. She's kind of doing hero work, but she needs money because that's how that works, whether or not you're in the real world or the comic book world. Um, so she figures that while superheroing, uh, she might as well make money as a mercenary. Uh, but killing people and reckless actions do have consequences. And she causes the death of her only friend in the comic book world, Cecil, and starts working for Modoc. You're familiar at all with that villain. Um, as a henchman. So again, she's kind of working as a mercenary slash assassin slash henchman she's just an ordinary person from our world okay she has all of the physical prowess that maybe i do and i have none um so she has no real powers um not even like batman level hey i don't have powers but i'm here to fight the night or something whatever she just has knowledge about characters and timelines no fighting skills whatsoever she even has to learn sword fighting and how to make a bomb from youtube pro tip don't go searching how to make a bomb on youtube okay you don't want that in your history 
Um, maybe it doesn't matter in the comic book world, but it does matter in this one. So anyways, Doctor Strange makes it so that her past life from our world carries over to her new life in the comic book world. So basically, she comes into the comic book world, she has no past there, her past is just in the real world. So he kind of copies and pastes her her past from the real world over into the comic book world. So now she has a past, supposedly she has a family, um, most importantly she has a social security number and a driver's license so she can get paid for being a henchman. But as as he's doing this, as he's doing this whole copy and paste from her 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 real life world, he tells her that her family from the real world, our world, this world, will then forget about Gwen. And she just she's sad about it, but she's like, yeah, that's probably for the best. And we don't get a whole lot of why is that probably for the best? What did you do? What happened in the world, uh, in the real world? What was going on there that makes you say that? That you don't have, you, you kind of have like some regret, but not like, why don't you just put me back in that world? Um, which I think Doctor Strange probably could do. Um, anyways, eventually, Modoc catches on to Gwen. And she, he realizes that she doesn't, she's not really a proficient assassin. Most of the time she's just kind of stumbling into things, um, accidentally doing things right. Not so much right, but like kind of carrying out a mission, I guess. Um, he doesn't like that she lied to him and that she has no real use to him. So he tries to kill her. So using some Doctor Strange magic, she, revi she revives her friend Cecil. Um, she's been... Modoc killed Cecil, right? Okay, just kind of blew him up. And Gwen has been holding on to his skull. I don't... I mean, I understand why in, like, storytelling ways, because she had to have something of his body in order for Doctor Strange to be able to revive him later on. But she's really just been carrying a skull in her backpack. Um, that's not talked about a whole lot, um, but she did. And sometimes she would talk to him to do a skull and be like, hey, things aren't working out great for me and you're my only friend, skull. Um, but anyways, through this Doctor, she, well, Doctor Strange magic, she revives her friend Cecil, sort of. She doesn't really revive him, he's not living. She brings him back as a ghost, which he isn't crazy about. In fact, Cecil, Cecil's pretty upset that he's stuck in his world, in the world as a ghost he for for Gwen's own selfish reasons he wasn't a fan of dying because of Gwen in the first place and he's not really a fan of sticking around of as a ghost because of her um she's real happy about it because she had exactly one friend and he died and then so she had zero friends because uh, she's kind of a jerk. Um, so she was upset about that, and then she brought him back. And now she's really, really happy for her own personal reasons. But, like, you can't eat when you're a ghost. He had a book on how to be a ghost, I guess. It was very strange. But you, you can't open it. You can't touch things when you're a ghost. You just whoosh, go straight through them. Um, so it's not a great life. 
Um, really, he just has to hang around Gwen, which isn't necessarily what he wanted to do with his life in the first place. So, often, like, he keeps trying to, Cecil keeps trying to get her to realize, you didn't do this for me, you did this for yourself. You're actually fairly, fairly selfish. At this point in reading the series through the first time, I was like, Gwenpool is a is a jerk. She's obnoxious. She thinks that she's a hero. And she doesn't realize that she's the villain of her story. And I was like, well, how are they going to bring this in? Hold on to that thought. Hold on to that thought. Okay. So. Anyways, she brings back Cecil. And together, they're able to take out Modoc. And then Gwen becomes... The leader of their little their their henchman group. Okay? She got she got Megatoni, who reminds me of my dog. It's very sweet. And his name is Tony. Uh Batrock the Leaper, who if you're a fan of Captain America, like old timey Captain America, he shows up in that. And the terrible eye, who I believe was just for Gwen's uh run. And she starts adjusting to the idea that she's a henchman, not just a hero. But they take out Modoc, And then she becomes the leader of their little group. So I guess she's no longer really a henchman. She has it in her mind that she's the protagonist of her own story. So therefore, she's a hero. So she tries teaming up with Spider-Man, uh, Miles. Uh, but because of her reckless killing methods, which she's very, very much against... Uh, he, he thinks she, she's crazy and dangerous. So he wants nothing to do with her. So Gwen gets hit with a lot of consequences. And that's when she comments, this isn't fun. Sad face. Which to me is wild. Because as a reader of comic books, she should know that 99% of the time, heroes don't have fun. Heroes are miserable because they're constantly self-sacrificing for the greater good with a capital G. You know, Spider-Man doesn't get to have time with his girlfriend or wife, whatever timeline you're reading, I don't know. Um, Batman's just always miserable. Um, all of these different things, they're constantly being beat up. They don't make any money off of this. They don't they don't use the same methods that villains use. And so a lot of times they lose. I don't know why she was expecting to have fun. I don't know. But she was like, ah, oh, cool, superhero world. I'm no longer in my mundane real life world. I'm literally escaping into a comic book. That's meta. This whole thing is really meta. But she's escaping into this comic book world and she thinks that it's going to have fun. She's going to be have just like a great time. And there's not going to be any consequences. And she's automatically going to be amazing. Even when Gwen tries to make up for her mistakes and do the right thing, things don't go her way because that's how it is for being a hero. Things don't go your way. You're still doing the right thing, but you do them for the right thing's sake. But she has a really hard time accepting that. 
there is this phrase, term, idea in psychology called the just world hypothesis. And this is where people are working under this perspective on life that good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. So if someone's going along working under the just world hypothesis and then something bad happens to someone else, they think they must have deserved it. So that, you know, they must have done something bad for that to happen. But probably, um, in, in actuality, random stuff happens all the time. Bad things happen to good people and bad people the same. And even if you don't think of it quite like that, like that, people aren't usually just divided into groups of good and bad. So the just world hypothesis doesn't work, but that's what a lot of people, including Gwenpool, work under. Want to support more Super Psych content? Head over to patreon.com forward slash Super Psych and become a monthly subscriber. Every podcast and blog post will always be free, but for exclusive content, check out the different hero tiers. You get cool rewards and you help me keep putting out episodes and traveling to conventions. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash super underscore psych. Now let's get back to the comics. Um, so since being here doesn't get her what she wants, and since she doesn't have a lot of great coping behaviors, Gwen goes on like this rampage. She goes back to um, being a mercenary. Her little group breaks up and she just goes on a rampage of dangerous missions. Eventually, at one point, she meets up with Deadpool, who, if you're at all familiar with him, he's what's called, um, he's another what's called fourth wall breaker. So he knows that he's a comic book character and things get really dark when they're fighting each other. Um, it gets really meta and it gets really dark and Deadpool's like that, that bully who just knows what buttons to push, what insecurities you have. And he says to her, your name is Gwen? I guarantee anyone who doesn't read this thinks you're Gwen Stacy. Pause. I thought that she was Gwen Stacy. I thought that, you know, how like Spider-Gwen is Spider-Woman like, you know, Peter Parker couldn't save the Gwen Stacy of his world. This Gwen Stacy couldn't see the pe- save the Peter Parker. That kind of thing. I thought Gwenpool would be Gwen Stacy getting Deadpool's powers. That's not what happens. So, you got me there, Deadpool. You got me. Um, he says, he says, do you know who heard of me? Everyone. I've had hundreds of issues. I don't know how many series. I could probably look that up. I guest appear everywhere. Comics, video games, TV shows, and so much merchandise. And never forget the highest grossing R-rated film of all time. 
However, you first appeared as a backup in Howard the Duck because they weren't sure if anyone would like you. That's dark. That's the darkest roast I've ever read. Um, and it was especially harsh because it was really true. Because, like, I thought she was going to be Gwen Stacy. I thought she was going to be this alternate universe Gwen Stacy who became Deadpool. Um, she starts ragging on Howard the Duck. This was the first time I ever read a Howard the Duck series. So... He makes a lot of good points, goes straight for those insecurities. But Gwen does continue trying to be something of a hero. Eventually, Gwen finds the equivalent of her family in the comic book world and discovers that her brother Teddy isn't just the comic version. It's the real life version that crossed over with her. And he finds... Like they find each other, and he immediately takes her through a portal. I don't know why it's just in their house. This portal for interdimensions of all possibilities of all universes. I don't know. But he takes her through the portal that's in their house, their foyer, back into the real life world. And according to Gwen, life pretty much sucks for her in the real world. And not to sound callous or too much like a grumpy adult, but there's not a lot to explain why Gwen's life sucks so much. Um, so, like, her parents keep on her about finding a job. Uh, but it's kind of like, you know, you should find a job instead of playing video games all day. But, like, that's kind of how it works. Um, unless you make a living or a business out of playing video games all day, in which case, cool, you do you, have your career. Um, but she's not in this, in this story. She's just doing it to do it. Um, still, it's a cool pastime. You don't have to make money playing video games for it to be a worthwhile thing. But you have to also do something else. That's just how it works. You know, you got bills to pay. Um, and it's not even that they're completely discouraging her creative aspirations because she, you know, she likes playing these games, she likes reading comic books, she got stories to tell, she draws. Um, they're not even trying to discourage that because her dad asked, you know, you have this story, how's that coming along? But the thing is, she's not working on it. She doesn't, she like had a great idea, I guess. She had an idea and she's not building it. So it's less that her parents are, like, discouraging her from doing the things that she wants to do. They are. It's just that she doesn't want to do anything except hang out in her room. They just want her to do something. And it's never really explained why Gwen didn't finish high school or why she didn't get her GED. It's kind of implied that she just didn't put in the effort. So, yeah, her life kind of sucks because she goes out to try and find a job. And no one wants to hire her because she doesn't have any skills. And she doesn't have any experience. She doesn't have her high school diploma. She doesn't have a GED. No one wants to hire her. Um, but, again, at the risk of sound, sounding very callous, it seems like she's in a very sucky situation. 
of her own making. So, even though at this point she doesn't remember any of her previous adventures in the comic book world, because her life sucks so much, Gwen tries to escape back there to this shared escapist universe built by hundreds of human creators over decades. A singular linked vision. But trying to get back into the portal almost kills her brother Teddy. So Gwen moves on and decides to try real life again. The end. Except it's not like the end, of course. Um, seeing the end credits and the titles of her issue, Gwen re-realizes that she's still in a comic book world. Teddy never really took her back. And so she realizes this, and she's able to, um, once she realizes this, she takes it kind of like a step further, and she focuses really hard. She's like, if I'm in a comic book, then there must be panels around me as I'm doing these different things, dialogue boxes or whatever, and she can see them. She's like, if I can see this thought box, there has to be a panel somewhere. So she focuses really hard, and she can find the panel and then she kind of like crawls out of it. So she then gains her memory because you can look back at all the other pages of what she was doing. She's like, okay, all of this happened. I remember it now. Finds out Teddy, um, his whole motivation for taking her back to the real world was to keep her from becoming a villain in the future. And this is, so like the series, it gets really trippy. Because, you know, she can, she's hopping in and out of panels. In a sense, she gains a new power. Because she can see the limits of the dimension that she's in. Which is wild. And eventually, she confronts her future supervillain self. Who explains to her... This is where I really started liking the series. Her future supervillain self explains to Gwen that she was never intended to be a hero. She has to, in fact, become a villain or else her story gets canceled. So, like, remember a little while ago where I was like, "Put stick a pin in this, hold on. I was, because as I'm reading this and I'm like, she thinks that she's a hero, and okay, now she's a henchman, but eventually she's going to realize she's the villain of her own story. And I'm thinking this is going to devastate her. So she does, in fact, become a villain, meets her villainous self. And her villain is like, yeah, you know everyone's secret identities. You're hopping in and out of timelines. You don't care about consequences. Um, you're just acting with reckless abandon. You're a villain, honey. So, for her own series to continue, she has to become a villain or else her story gets canceled. But Gwen decides that she would rather her own story end than ruin the lives of all of the heroes that she loves. So, she essentially rewrites her own ending in her villainous self 
disappears. But then Gwen has to deal with the fact that there's only a few more pages left in her story. She didn't become the villain, so her her series is going to be canceled. She only has a few pages left, and she can hop out of the panel, get out of the page, and see this timeline of pages. And she sees the end of it. So another future Gwen shows up. Right, because she she rewrote her ending, right? The villainous self disappears. I think they even comment. They they make Marty McFly her out of here. Villainous self ending disappears. So there has to be another villain. No, there has to be another ending for Gwen, and then that one shows up. She goes back and she's talking with herself. So she tries this future Gwen tries to show herself that even though her series ends Gwen herself survives she continues hopping in and out of the pages which essentially is the string of time in the comic book world she's able to hop into a past panel and tell herself that everything's going to be okay she continues having adventures and probably more importantly to Gwen she proves to herself that she is a hero. She finally did it. She finally did it. She's a hero. Because she finally understands the concept of self-sacrifice. And not just like the mar- like she was doing. Like the martyr self-sacrifice. Like, oh, I'm such a great person. I'm going to help all of you out. Instead of bettering myself. Blah, 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 blah. That's not like a real hero. You know? You know what I'm saying? But she she understands self-sacrifice in the way that comes with a sense of, it is positive acceptance. So the first time reading this, it was all very trippy because she's popping in and out of panels and they do it in a very good way. But it was, it was trippy, but it was also very moving. So there's a lot of cliches about how an ending is a new beginning or how if God closes the door he opens a window because people go in and out through windows I guess I don't know whatever they're cliches but these issues this series takes the reader in a really cool way through Gwen's own grieving and then acceptance process and I talk a lot about the five stages of grief um, in this podcast, on the blog, on various, it, it, it keeps coming up. And I just talked about, if you want to check out the blog, um, Into the Spider-Verse, you know, it, lo- why loss is such a, a, an important concept in our stories. And I don't want to focus on that so much because, like, again, I'm just repeating myself over and over. But... You experience it with the character. You experience the process of acceptance. And honestly, I would recommend the whole series, all 25 issues, to anyone dealing with loss, with grief, or going through a period of transition. That's all for this week. 
Find other podcast episodes on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes, along with blog posts, videos, and events on supersite.com. Thank you.